Welcome to Staying Healthy Naturally. I'm your host, Dr. Gary Krakoff. I have my degree in naturopathic medicine and am a registered pharmacist at Johnson Compounding and Wellness in Waltham, Mass. Today's episode is part two of functional lab tests to shape a personalized health plan to achieve optimal health. This episode will be talking about DNA testing, organic acid testing, and the adrenal stress index, which can help provide you with information that can help you figure out your underlying imbalances and how to achieve optimal health. Last week, Bridget Carroll, our functional nutritionist, talked about some of the other tests, some stool tests, the NutraVal test, and a few others that we use regularly at Johnson Compounding to assist our clients. Thanks again for listening in. I'm going to be talking about a few other areas. Um, I've gone back to school again um, a few years ago when they mapped the genome. I started reading some of the literature and talking to a few practitioners and there's so much we can do with genetics. Now there's all different types of genetic testing. There's genetic testing for specific disease states. There's genetic testing to see if you are more prone to develop XYZ when you get older. That's not what I'm gonna be talking about. I'm gonna be talking about the, the way where it's being analyzed. We're looking at over 8,000 genes. And we're, not look, we're looking at the genes, each gene, well, I shouldn't say that. The genes we're looking at control different enzymes and path, metabolic pathways in the body. Some genes control whether you're going to have my hairline, whether you're going to be very hairy or not, if you're going to have blue eyes or brown eyes, you know, a lot of, going to be tall or short, or over, a tendency for overweight, things like that. That's all very nice and important. But as Bridget mentioned about epigenetics, if you think of genetics, the, your genes you're born with, you're going to die with, and we can't change that. The genes are a loaded revolver. There's bullets in there, it's ready to fire, and if it fires, it can kill you. The epigenetics is your finger on the trigger. And epigenetics is diet and lifestyle and stress level and work environment. And are you that woman that's putting 200 chemicals on her system? Are you eating a lot of foods with glyc that have glyphosate in them? Roundup. Um, you know, it just amazed me. Cheerios and Quaker Oats had the highest level in there. And when I looked into it, the reason they have the highest level in oats, the plant has been genetically engineered so glyphosate doesn't kill it. And at the very end, right before harvesting, they drown the plants, they soak it in Roundup to kill all the weeds so they don't have to be separating them out. Then they harvest it, it goes into the bins and it's still wet with Roundup and the Roundup dries on it. And then we're feeding it, you know, Cheerios is the breakfast of champions, but also that's what we give all the little kids because your fingers are all wet and sticky and they can pick it up and put it in their mouth. And we're all trying to be good and eat oatmeal for our cholesterol. cholesterol and <laughs> and we're slowly killing ourselves, and they found glyphosate kills a lot of the good bacteria in the gut. Don't animals love oats too? Isn't that like yeah. one thing they get fed? Well, um, uh, of course, and animals. so it's not just, so then if you are eating all organic, but you're not eating free range chicken or beef or whatever, we're feeding the junk that we don't want to eat to the animals. Mm -hmm. okay. 
You know, sometimes it makes me feel we're not the smartest we aren't. creature <laughs> walking around. Okay. How many of you have done 23andMe or have done any of the genetic tests? Has anyone? Okay. 23andMe was the number one. And they would give you a report of your ancestry. You could find out what part of the world your ancestors were from, if you had any Neanderthal in you, if you were a Native American Indian. Um, you know, you could check all these different things. They also looked at a small number of the metabolic genes. Do you have, you've heard of the MTHFR gene? Okay, that's a big one. It's starting to show up in the newspapers. A lot of practitioners are testing for that. That's the gene that the body uses, MTHFR, and I'm going to show you on a chart in a minute, to methylate folate, folic acid. Our bodies cannot use folic acid. It has to be methylfolate. We have pathways in our body to take folic acid and methylate it, then our body can use it. And I'm going to show you that's really the beginning of just about every metabolic pathway in the body. So what's been happening is, Mainstream has been testing a few specific metabolic genes or nutrient genes. One of them is for methylfolate. And if you don't methylate it, we need that to live. That's why we give pregnant women folic acid, or you'll have the baby will have neuronal tube um, deformation if they don't die in utero. Problem is, about 40% of us don't methylate it, so even giving folic acid doesn't prevent that problem. So it's a nice simple test. You spit in a vial, or they can do it by blood, and check. What we're doing mainstream in a lot of cases is, just like we do with medicine, give me a symptom, I have a drug for it. So instead of a drug, I have a vitamin for it. So you have the MTHFR, will give you methylfolate. If you have the MTRR, you don't methylate B12, will give you methyl B12. We need those to live. Problem is, we're finding about half the people who need it and get it feel better. That makes sense. Your body has what it needs. The other half feel better for a week, a month, a few months. Then they feel worse than they did before they even started. And we couldn't understand that. How can giving the body something it's starving for, and you give it to it in the form it can use, how can that make you sick? And I'll show you why. If you think of a river, I use this with a gut, a river analogy from the snow cap to Boston Harbor. What if you had three or four dams in your river? Everything would be flooded from the top down. So you want to get the water flowing. You want to get that river flowing. Do you open up the dam at the top first? That'll relieve the pressure above the dam, but it'll make the flooding down below even worse when the water flows down there. You want to start downstream and work your way up. So what we found now that we're sort of stepping back and taking a deep breath and looking broader, not just at MTHFR or B12, we're finding a lot of times you might have a genetic SNP for, the, for folic acid, but there are other things further downstream that are really backed up. And if you get that cleared up, the amount of folic acid you're methylating is enough. Your body could be happy, but it can't do it because everything is backed up. Mm -hmm. So you have to start downstream. So that's very important. Uh, we have a bunch of practitioners that are referring people over here. They want to get involved in genetics. 
I've spent over two years and I'm still in school about it because it's so this was the boring stuff when I was in school the first time. Now it's exciting because we can do something. But the doctors are saying it's important. I know it needs to be done. I don't have the time in the model that they have to practice in. They can't spend a couple hours analyzing results and spend an hour or two with you explaining it and following you. We need, you have this, take that. That's the model the insurance companies have sort of put into it. So it's very, we can now chest, check your genes, isolate SNPs that are off, look at with lab tests metabolically. Just because you have the SNP doesn't mean you have the problem because genetics and epigenetics. So you could have a problem with the SNP. You could, if you were, you were one, a twin, you had a twin sister, you lived different lifestyles, different parts of the country. Your genetic material is identical. One of you develops high blood pressure, high cholesterol, bad arthritis, the other <laughs> one doesn't. How can that be when they're identical? It's the epigenetics like Bridget mentioned could be the diet, the stress, the lifestyle, the sleep, the exercise, the toxins you're um, exposed to that triggers it. What's real exciting is we found when we can figure out the epigenetic reasons why you triggered that gene to go on, if tissues haven't died yet, that can be reversed most of the time by changing your lifestyle and maybe adding in some supplements to help clean up the metabolic mess that was made, you can take your finger off the trigger. So the epigenetics, our lifestyle is, a, I don't like saying it's the most important thing, but if you don't have a good lifestyle, which is, it can be emotional too, you don't want emotional toxins, but you need a, a low toxic environment with your emotions, your relationships, your foods, what you're cleaning things with in the house, what you're washing your clothes in. And think about it, you wash the stuff, you use a bounce sheet with all those chemicals, then you plant your face in it for eight hours at night inhaling it. It smells good, but it's not good for you. All right, so the basic premise of testing for epigenetic or genetic care, the simple and inexpensive saliva test is not just the test. We also have about a 200 question symptomology, looking at your symptoms, because that can, the genes will tell us there might be a problem in this area. Your symptoms will tell us, probably should look in this area, those symptoms can be related to it. And then some of the tests Bridget mentioned and a few I'm gonna talk about, we can look right down into some of the metabolic pathways. And if you think about it, each of our metabolic pathways, each enzyme, will turn a substance into another substance. And then that's used with another enzyme for another metabolic process. If that process doesn't work, you're making another product. And we can test a lot of those pathways. We, should, we know, let's say in the um, CBS, and I'll show you on the chart, I promise, the CBS pathway, you're supposed to be producing cysteine. But if it's not working, we know what the body makes in that pathway. We can check your urine, and if you're making a lot of the wrong thing, we know that pathway isn't working, because you're not supposed to be making that. Then, the first thing we do is not give you a nutrient that you need, we clean up all that metabolic junk. It's almost like a Swiss watch. 
and if you have a bunch of gears that are dirty, the watch doesn't keep time. And just cleaning one gear doesn't help. It just pushes the stress onto another gear. We need to clean up the gears, clean up the metabolic mess. Then if you need some nutrients, to sort of grease the wheels to keep things moving better so you don't go down the wrong pathway, then we add that in. So it isn't just a this for that. It was like Bridget said, we have to gather all this data, a lot of the lab tests you've already had run from your doctor, and look at the whole picture. And then we can start figuring out what needs to be done. This is results from a genetic test. So if you do it, the RS number is, you know, DNA is this big long like a string. It's the rung, where you are on the string. Mm -hmm. Then it tells you the chromosome genotype, the GT, those are different um, amino acids. And we know what it's supposed to be, and we can test what amino acids are in there. A genetic SNP is, they, they made a mistake in the transcription and a wrong amino acid got put in there. That's happening a million times a day in our bodies. We have mechanisms in there that the body will send different cells out there and they'll pull out the wrong one and pop the right one back in and fix it. And if they can't fix it, they kill that cell that was made because it was wrong. A lot of times the transcription is wrong, but it's not critical. So the body lets that go. Sometimes if we're very stressed or we have a lot of toxins in our body, we're making wrong transcriptions, we're making the genes wrong more and more and more. That leads to autoimmunity and the system not working. What's wonderful, computers are our savior and the bane of our existence, but the good thing about the computer is we can put in 700 pages of this into the computer and have it linked together for different pathways. All the genes that we know might affect that pathway, are they the normal gene or the corrupted gene, tie your symptoms in your labs in, because you could have all these corruptions, but you're working at 100%. That doesn't have to be addressed, even though there's a genetic SNP there. So it's really looking at, again, how do you feel? How is the body working? This is part of the methylation map. And what the reason I put this up the MTHFR is right there in the middle under number three. That's, that middle circle is where we methylate folic acid. And about 40% of the population have a problem with that. Right to the right of it, you can see MTR and MTRR. That's where we methylate B12. We need to methylate a lot of our nutrients for the body to use it. Way over to the right, in the red, we have methylation. Methylation is when the body's breaking down things at the end of the day when we're cleaning up the mess, the liver does phase one, phase two, detoxing, methylation has to occur, and sulfation, for the body to break down our normal metabolic waste so we can poop it out or pee it out. So if methylation isn't working, you're dead in the water. You can't utilize your vitamins, a lot of them. You can't get rid of waste product. You can't methylate any drug you're taking. A lot of the drugs have to be methylated to either become active off of the body to eliminate. We have to methylate and sulfate all the chemicals in the environment that get into us or we put on our skin. So if you look at each of these pathways as the gears in the watch I was talking about, if that's not working in let's say number two or number three or number four, 
everything else can't be working well. And what we're finding is, and this is either going to make you think or put you to sleep, and they're both right because it gets really in there. So I'll try to keep it on the surface. If MT, if you're not methylating folate or you're not using your B12 well, you start making more homocysteine. Anyone heard of homocysteine? Mm -hmm. Doctors are checking that in the blood. If your homocysteine is high, you have a much greater chance of cardiovascular events, bad ones, as time goes on. And we don't know, I don't know how it started, but a long time ago they found if you added B6, B12, and folic acid, homocysteine went down. <coughs> so we started calling that the homocysteine modulators. Now that we understand this chart, it makes sense because you need methylated folate, you need B6, and you need B12 for that methylation cycle on the right to work properly. So if you had a problem, you weren't getting enough in your diet, or you weren't able to methylate enough of those vitamins, it would make sense that homocysteine would be off. That's one of the things we look at in the urine. Now we can go back upstream and see why. Another interesting thing, if that those two, three, or four aren't working well, it causes us, and if anyone wants, we can sit down for hours and go into the <laughs> actual pathways, but generally what happens is you don't make SAMI. SAMI, we know, if people take SAMI, it can help with arthritis, with inflammation, and it can help with depression in a lot of cases. If you follow the line from SAMI over there, SAMI is needed to help make dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, and epinephrine, our four most important neurotransmitters in the brain. So if there's a problem up there, it can affect your neurotransmitters. And we have a lot of people with anxiety and depression. <coughs> it could be a problem up there. If that top part is off, down the lower right, cortisol goes up. You get anxious, you get stressed, you don't sleep well. When cortisol's up and everything's flying down that way, you use up your glutathione, so the body gets more toxic. The body's more toxic, we come over here, and you start making more superoxide and peroxynitrite. Those are normal, metabolic, dangerous free radicals that the body takes care of in our normal metabolism. If you're making too many of them, that can kill us. It can damage cells, it can lead to cancer. So the body takes the BH4 in circle number two and goes down and deactivates those bad free radicals. That's more important than anything else. So that saves you. But at the expense, you need BH4 to make your neurotransmitters. So I, what I'm trying to show here is not memorize this, but if you have a problem in some of those genes and some of those enzyme pathways, it could lead to sleep problems, anxiety, depression. On the right, the left side here, is the nitric oxide cycle. We need nitric oxide to dilate blood vessels, to regulate blood pressure. Men need nitric oxide to be formed for, for, to get an erection. So they can, all this, a lot of the erectile dysfunction can be due to something way over on the other side of this chart. So now, what I love about it is this genetic testing and analyzing it properly is opening up so many windows <coughs> that we can see right down to the mitochondria where some problems might be. And a lot of those problems 
were triggered because of your diet, your lifestyle, your relationships, the chemicals you're exposed to. And it's bad that happened, but it's fascinating now because we can get down to the mitochondria in every cell and start repairing some of the damage. This is what people with the MTHFR, methylfolate, they're just looking at MTHFR. Here's a list of all the different genes that need to be looked at that are part of folic acid metabolism. <coughs> There's a whole bunch of different genes. The test, the one means you have one SNP. Um, the two means it's homozygous. Both of them are bad. And if this is just going to scroll a little, the PEMT, the TC1, um, the um, there's a few more will be the gamut, the AHCY, the MAT genes. They are all intertwined in how we use folic acid. And a lot of times when we do a test, we're just looking at one of the genes. And that's getting back to what Bridget mentioned that if you go to the specialist, they're looking at this much of you. And that's important, but you need the old-fashioned GP to get all those little snippets and look at the whole picture. And so the genes, you can't look at one gene. That map I showed you was the map we used when I started two years ago. They now have been analyzing and getting data from so many people. They just mailed me up a new chart and it is about six and a half feet long oh and it's like five feet wide and the print is this big. Yeah. So I have it at home in the basement because you know we don't have a wall, to, uh, maybe this wall if I get it framed. But it's very complicated, but it's very simple. If you start looking at the why and keep saying, okay, this isn't working, why? Because this isn't working and you work your way downstream, all of a sudden the picture falls into place. <coughs> this was one of my clients genetic testing this is the raw data and it's 732 pages long so this is why we need the computers and then to put it into English and tie it all together for us here are some genes that test for gluten sensitivity lactose peanut sensitivity so you can find out if you're susceptible and there's usually a genetic reason why those enzymes aren't working this I'll call the, uh, the healing chart or the river. If you look at it, a lot of people are busy supplementing B12, methylfolate, because they have those SNPs. Start at the bottom of the river and work your way up. That's the last thing you should be adding in. Because you need to have, if you look what's on down near the bottom, it's what Bridget was mentioning. What's the most important thing to start with? The gut. If your gut is out of balance, you don't want to touch anything else because you're not going to get anywhere. How are you going to absorb the nutrients? How are you going to eliminate the waste product? How are you going to stay healthy, get your immune system working? How are you going to feed your adrenals so you have the energy to fix what's wrong? So to jump further, sometimes you can do a little bit on some of the levels, the first like four or five levels, but if you don't get the environmental toxins, the um, minerals, the digestion, the histamine level, the zonulin, the probiotic levels, your detoxing working, you don't want to do anything else so you get that going. Once that's going, you can go a lot faster by doing things in the right order. How many people have gone to a practitioner 
the practitioner really knows what's wrong, you took something and felt worse. They're not a bad practitioner, it's just they miss something and you can't see everything. So sometimes when you have a negative effect from taking a supplement or changing your diet or taking a probiotic, that's a real good sign. That gives us a lot of good information. So make sure whoever you're working with, if you take something and you don't move forward, you took a step backwards, that could be very helpful. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It might mean something else we have to do first, then you're going to fly when you get to that. This is a test. It's the methylation test. And this part right down here was that ring I was talking about with the B6, B12, and folic acid. This test goes into methionine, cysteine, SAMI, the metabolic waste product of SAMI is SAH. And SAH, if it gets too high compared to SAMI, blocks methylation in the body. So someone could have a problem methylating not because they have the genes for methyl B12 and methylfolate. It could be because this is off. Also, you have to look, I put those red arrows there. For that one little section of the methylation chart, B6, B12, choline, betaine, folic acid, methyl B12, SAMI, and methionine are all necessary. So if you're just testing two out of those, you're almost wasting your time if you're not looking at all of them. Because if four of them are off and you just put two in, it doesn't help. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. You have four flat tires and you put two new tires on, you're still <laughs> not going anywhere. <laughs> all right. So looking at the whole thing, this is a very easy test. This is a urine, another urine test because it's looking at metabolic output. And it's very, very helpful. Everyone need to do this? No. Would it be very interesting? Yes. And what Bridget and I try our best is we try to suggest testing and spending money like we like to spend our own money. We don't want you wasting a dollar. But a lot of times in the long run, spending some money on testing can save you a lot of time and an awful lot of money. It's just like an up fr a front load mutual fund. You put a little more in at the beginning and you save through the life of the loan or the life of the fund. So this is one that can be very helpful. <coughs> Again, that was just this little area off to the right. And that's a test that's specifically for that. And that's one of the most important areas because if that isn't working, nothing else can work properly. Okay. Um, 23andMe, as I started with, that was the number one company for genetic testing. And they took a wrong turn about a year and a half ago. They were doing this great testing. The research group I'm working with could take their data and put it into their program and do the analysis of 6,000 genes. Ancestry.com came along, and everyone jumped over to that because you want to see where you're from and, you know, that, I don't know why everyone's just real interested in that, not in just the regular genetics. So 23andMe cut back a lot of the genes that they were testing and really focused on Ancestry because they wanted to catch up, I guess, to Ancestry.com. So their new version doesn't test a lot of the metabolic pathways. So the group I'm working with and some other groups went to some of the genetic testing labs and said, you know what? We want to own the, they call it a chip that they test, it's programmed to look at the different genes. 
we want to own it, we want it to do these 10,000 genes, and we want to be able to add and subtract genes. What will you charge us? And one of the labs saw this is a gold mine, so they did it for the same pricing. So now, for about six months, we couldn't do the testing. Now everyone's back in business. So if you have an old 23andMe, version four or before, we can use that data. Otherwise, we need to do a new test. Another test I, I do a lot of is the adrenal test, the adrenal stress index. Our adrenals are our battery. They're supposed to be high in the morning and go down at night. When we're stressed, that's that curve over there. When we're stressed, they bounce up. And then when the stress is gone, they go back down. And if you look at a normal curve, high in the morning, then we get tired, um, we're winding down, the first part of the evening we do the repair. When we're in REM sleep, we repair the normal damage we did. And then we do the psychological repair and detoxing in REM sleep. We have a huge problem with sleep in this country. And most of it is due to diet and lifestyle. Our stressors, the lack of exercise, and not giving the right fuel. Then the machinery doesn't work. Your cortisol, um, when I, I showed you, when any of this isn't working, Cortisol goes up, glutamate goes up, glutamate raises anxiety. When you're anxious, you can't sleep. So then your adrenals get out of balance. Another problem we have is the blue light from our, all the screens we're looking at. When we go outside in the morning, especially early in the morning, the blue light hits our retina, that resets our adrenals. So when we're looking at screens and the LED lights in, that we replaced all of our regular lights with have very high blue light in them. That is stopping us from making melatonin at night, and it's stopping the adrenals from cooling down. Then we get into bed at 11 o'clock and expect to fall asleep, and we don't. Another problem we have is with stress, and we were designed for severe, to deal with severe stress for short bursts. You walk out of a cave, a lion thinks you're delicious <laughs> and wants to eat you. It's over in a minute or two. You kill him or he ate you. But either way, stress is gone. And then if we kill them or ran away, then we go back to making a fire and collecting and gathering and life is good. When we're under stress all the time, it's almost like working, switching to a night shift. Your body, if you all of a sudden had to work a night shift, your body after a month or two would get used to it and it would, against mother nature, make you awake when the sun went down and get sleepy when the sun came up, even though the blue light's hitting your retina. Then if you switch back, the body would fight to keep you on the night schedule for a long time. So think about it. If you are str stressed, and I, most of my clients, I say stress level one to 10, one's the most perfect day you could imagine. Then you have minor stress, five is high stress, six is beginning of anxiety, 10 is a panic attack. Where are you living on the average day and most people say usually between five and seven. That's terrible. It's common, but terrible. That means your adrenals are up, way up here all the time. So then what happens is when you go to sleep at night, your body's trying to save you. All day long, you've told the body, day in and day out, week in and week out, the lion is right outside the cave door. So I have to be on alert when I look out the door the body eventually says, when you're sleeping, the lion's liable to be right beside your bed the minute you open your eyes. So we've got to keep you jacked up <laughs> so you can fight. So 
when you're jacked up, you have a good nap at night. You might have an hour or two nap, and then you wake up, and you don't know why you woke up. And you didn't repair, refresh, or recharge the adrenals. We can deal with that for a long time. Eventually, as part of the epigenetics, you start pulling the trigger up on your genes. So that makes sense. When we're stressed, the body takes the blood away from the digestive tract and the reproductive tract, sends it to the big muscles in the brain. That's why mom always said, sit down and eat and relax. You shouldn't be sucking down your meal while you're driving your car. Driving's stressful. <coughs> this is why we have so many ulcers and reflux and bowel problems, because we're not digesting. So you're spending all this money on this great organic food, all this time cooking it, and if you're very stressed, you're not getting most of the nutrients out of it. You should still do that, but you're wasting all this time and money. And we only have this much time on Earth. You don't want to waste it. Um, going back, cortisol is high. If you are stressed, that causes bone loss. So we have a lot of women who are getting more mature. They go to the doctor, and the doctor says, geez, your bone density is going down. We better put you on Fosamax. And they put them on Fosamax. And they check their vitamin D, which was very low. You can't maintain bone density with low D. They get their vitamin D level up. They're eating well. Their stress is not down yet. But they're doing everything right. They're going to the gym four days a week. They're walking. They're weightlifting. And their bone density is going down. Their cortisol, if it's high, the body's going to be leaching calcium out. And so vitamin D and stress level, most important things to think about if your bone density is going down. And everyone's density is going to go down as we get older. So if you, the more dense your bones are, the more you can lose before you have a problem. But if you are super stressed or your D is way down or your magnesium is low, which most of us is, you can't make bones or maintain bones. And the drug might slow down or the loss or raise your number on a scan, but it makes more brittle bone. And what good is brittle bone? You know, so think about the adrenals for sleep, for anxiety. A lot of people have a perspiration problem. The hands, every time they get a little nervous, you know, it's dripping off, or you have a big circle under your arms. Nine out of ten times that's stress-related, and the adrenal function's off. And our stress is killing us. And that, going back to the epigenetics, has a big thing to do with the twins. One very healthy, one very sick. Why some people live to be 100 and other people die young. Why when you go to your class reunion, high school or college or whatever, why do some of the people you haven't seen in 10 years, you look at them and they look like your great-grandmother or grandfather, and some of them you look at them and say, they look 10 years younger than we do. And that's all the epigenetics. So we can look for pills, we can look for, you know, all these different things, it's the whole picture. And it's a lot of work at first, but it feels right when you do it. When you start cleaning up, think about your house. We're using all these cleaners, but we have all our houses wrapped in Tyvek. <laughs> and we have new replacement windows, because I remember I grew up in an old Victorian in Winthrop, and you did in the wintertime, you, we used to fight for the seat in the, or the couch in the corner, not by a window, because there was a draft blowing through the house, but that was changing the air. Now we don't have any drafts. That air 
they did some studies and the air inside some of our houses is worse than in the inner city in the middle of the summer, mm -hmm. in the middle of the winter. So open your windows a couple inches every couple of days for 10 minutes, change a little air, it's not gonna raise your oil bill that much. But think about what you're spraying on the countertops and on your the glass top of your stove that no matter what you do, it always gets spotted and dirty. Think about what you're cleaning it with. You're inhaling that and your bathroom cleaners and your laundry detergent and your, you know, they have the wool balls that you can put in the dryer that make your clothes, your clothes last longer. It gets rid of the static electricity and makes them nice and soft. You don't need bounce. I'm not picking on bounce, but one of the fabrics off, you know, the softeners in the dryer. All right. Hope that opened up some thoughts. Um, Bridget and I, if you want, it's getting a little warm in here. We can we'll do some questions and then we'll go upstairs and we'll be around to answer questions. You have our cards. Um, the What we do require, and I don't like saying we require things, but we have to because of the medical associations and the insurance companies and the licensing boards. If we order a test for you, we have to have some documentation for it. So we have to have a file on you. Now, she and I will run tests and we'll work with you and work you through it. Sometimes people want to run a test for their own information and we're not going to say no, you can't. But what we'll do is we have set up, we can do a 15 minute consult, we can get the basic information, we have everything we need in our file. So if the regulatory agencies come in and say, why did you order that test? we can say because of this and doesn't have to if you just want to run the test see what the results are then you want to work with us it can be a short consult but it could be the full one yes sir on that methylation map there's yeah. so many things so many cycles and so many different areas to look are you recommending a genetic test that is there a one catch-all genetic yeah. test or? for the why not, they keep adding more. I'll say the 8,000 genes. Yeah. There's a company that we work with. The test, um, it's on that trifold. It's $249 in saliva test. And it tests about, I think they might even be closer to 10,000 genes now. And so it's all comprehensive. And then it goes into a program that starts putting it all together. So it's not you get 732 pages of numbers. <laughs> It, it's broken down and you get a copy of the report talking about like for the MT for the methylation of folic acid it does all those genes that have anything to do with folic acid and so that helps us put it together that and your symptoms and what's been going on in your life what problems you're having all that goes in to figure out where the weak parts of that methylation chart are and further out that big six foot one now and 23andMe doesn't do that? 23andMe, the old version, which they stopped doing about a year and a half ago, tests all the genes, but the report they give you will just let you know if you have problems methylating or might have problems methylating. <coughs> Things like that. They don't go into each pathway and then are you having a problem or genetically you're predisposed. They tell you you're predisposed. You might have a problem there, but they don't go into it. And legally, they really can't because they don't know who you are. They're just getting raw data. So, so after this, sorry, so after no. this, this test is ordered, 
Right. You you sit with the client and just right. Discuss. I I run it through. We set up a portal for you, which is your portal. You set up your username and password. You get a copy of the report. You get if anything new comes up. What I love about this research group. I did mine two years ago. My report has already been updated six times, and they don't charge for that. They want the data. They want more and more numbers, and they want more and more results from people, what's working. So they, as th that chart went from this big to six feet, they're updating everybody's report as they find new links. And a lot of times they found new links, but it has nothing to do with my issues. But every once in a while, something big comes up. A big thing that they're working on now is NADH. I don't know if you've heard of that. We used to think that was involved in maybe 20 or 30 pathways. Now they're finding it's involved in probably 70% of the pathways. And mo a good portion of us are NADH deficient. But that's not the answer. Just take NADH. That's like that chart that had all the arrows. That's one of the nutrients. So if you're lacking in that and you put everything else in, that pathway isn't going to work right. So now that area is changing. The whole histamine side is changing. Is people now are developing all sorts of new labeled diseases. There's mast cell dysfunction. There's histamine dysregulation. People are having more and more histamine problems. And we're finding there's a whole bunch of genes that are affecting some of the pathways in the breakdown of histamine. So your body isn't getting rid of it. When it's done with it, you just keeps building on it. So I guess to answer your question, if you have the old 23andMe, great, that saves you some money. If you don't, it's I think $245 or $250 for the saliva test and running it. Then they, the lab charges 150 bucks to set up your lifetime, I don't like saying lifetime, because, but they're not going anywhere, your portal, and run the report, which I get like a 90 page report, and that gives us good starting, you put in all your lab work, all your symptomology. Yes? So do they get that 200 pound question questionnaire also, and your name? <coughs> no. Okay. All, so what, are there HIPAA requirements yes. there and stuff? Yes, and, and the, the group that I'm working with, that was an excellent, <coughs> both of those were excellent questions. When we set up the portal, I, I, you get a link and a code number gets mailed separately. Then you set up your login and password. They have like a three-page form you have to agree to telling you exactly what to do with the data, what the security is for the data, what they're allowed to do or not. The other thing is you have to, when you get your kit, there's like a 16-digit registration number. You have to register that kit because when you send the kit into the lab, your name and address isn't on it. The only identifier is that 16-digit number, which is in your portal. Then when the data comes back to the research group, which already told you that all this is locked down, the lab has no idea who you are. You are a number. When the kit comes back, the results come back, they don't know who you are. They just know that number goes to client 10642. So it's all there, because that's important. But on the flip side, if I wanted your genetic information, if you had some of the tea, all I'd have to do is get the cup you used. <laughs> and I could send out your genetic coding, which is really scary. <laughs> you know, any restaurant you went to and had water or a drink, you left 
your saliva sample in mm. or the fork, <laughs> you know, which is. Yeah, yeah, well, and they, the police are using that, you know, for criminals that they're, you know, they know they're guilty and this is the way to prove they were the person who was there. Or disprove it. Yeah, or disprove it, yeah. Um, so. How about insurance? I mean, is. Okay. Is that a scary thing what, that they could, Insur they could stop no, be, insuring well, you because you possibly have. I don't, a I don't think they can, but the testing that we're talking about here isn't that first group I talked about. Are you prone to this disease? Okay. This is looking at metabolic pathways mm -hmm. that are controlled or screwed up by diet and lifestyle okay. that you can get your finger off the trigger. So it's the same thing. Do you want the insurance company to know your vitamin D level is low or your cholesterol is high? Well, that train has already gone down the tracks. Right, okay. Thank you. Any other questions? So all if right. someone went to go yeah. see you, you you don't expect them to take all the tests or sort of decide. I have a, I have a lot of clients that I don't do any tests. Uh -huh. When we first thing we do is sit and talk yeah. and figure uh -huh. out what's going on. If a test could be very helpful in figuring it out, that's when I recommend it. And you know, like Bridget said, we look at each person separately. Some you can't put a dollar value on your health. But on the other hand, you don't want to waste a dollar if it's not necessary. Now sometimes I did the genetics on my whole family because I wanted to see how who passed what on to who. You know, between my wife's side of the family and mine and what's going on with my kids and all that. And was that necessary? No, but it was very informative. And it was a good learning experience for me. But does everyone have lab tests done that come and see us? I I would say no, definitely not, because it might not be necessary. When we talk and see the history and the progression of what's been going on in the, la the lab tests you already have, a lot of times we have a real good starting point. Yeah. And there aren't tests. Sometimes if someone comes in and is super stressed, I don't need to do an adrenal test for $180. Yeah. They're not sleeping. They're jittery. They're at a 9 on a good day, and then they go up to a 14. We know the adrenals are through the roof. If they want to see it, some people need to see it in black and white. I'll be happy to run it, but if they want to run it, I'll tell them, take that $140 and go away for the weekend. Get more out of it than the lab, and it'll be more helpful to me, too. So the labs are when they need it. Okay. Well, thank you all very much. Thank you. And like I said, we'll be upstairs. I hope that was helpful. Yes. Yeah, I did that